welcome back to Post to Post. Apologies for last week. Didn't get an episode out to you, but I got double the fun for you this week. We've got a round table with some special guests. So without any further ado, let's jump right in. So let us start with the round table. Uh, we'll introduce yourself and a little bit of background and then we'll go with there. So we'll start with Kobe. Oh God, I wasn't ready for this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm Colby. I've been playing hockey for pretty much my whole life. Uh, mostly been following the NHL since grade seven. So that would be, oh boy, it's been at least almost 10 years getting there now. And yeah, that's all I can really say about myself. <laughs> all right, we'll go over to Ethan. Uh, I'm Ethan, kind of in the same boat as Colby, but I've uh, been playing hockey for all my entire life. Um, yeah, following it my entire life. I'm a big Bruins fan, so that's uh, that's 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 cool. Lots been happening with them, and that's you know not as fun, but yeah, that that's pretty well there is to me. And last of all, least we'll go over to Spencer. And I'm Spencer. Um, I have not been playing hockey my whole life. Um, I, I follow the Flames and the Dallas Stars, and I tend to offer a analytical and a statistical take on hockey players. All right, perfect. So as we start off this, free agents started about, we're about five days into free agency now, and there's been a lot of goalie moves. So we're going to start off with, you know, which team improved the best in net? So we'll start with Ethan. Who do you think improved the best in net? Ooh, uh, I don't know. I think I got to say Vancouver. I know they lost Markstrom, and that's a pretty big blow, but Becker Demko played really well in the playoffs, and even if Holpe isn't, you know, his uh, Stanley Cup winning form, uh, if he isn't the Stanley Cup winning version of Holpe, he's still a very solid backup, and he's going to offer a lot to Demko as in, like, a mentor or offer that experience just to help him uh, continue just to get better. Fair enough. Kobe, what do you think? I got to go to my flames. I think uh, I think I like David Riddick and Cam Talbot last year, but I think bringing in an experienced guy like Markstrom uh, to have a, kind of a 1A, 1B with Riddick. I mean, on, obviously, Markstrom could take over the starting role, but I think if you've got a 1A, 1B, you've given him a little bit of rest and uh, bringing Louis Domingue in as an experienced third. So if either of those guys get injured, you've gotten – NHL experienced guy kind of who can come in and give your team some support in net. So I, I mean, obviously I'm biased. I'm a Flames fan, but I, I do think that that Markstrom signing was big for us. Ethan, oh, sorry, uh, Spencer. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as uh, Colby here. Um, I think bringing in someone of Markstrom's caliber. Um, you look at the season he had last year, 23-16 with. Um, I think his GA was nine or nine one eight. Um, you just look at what him and Riddick can offer, and yeah, he wasn't the healthiest this year. That's why you bring in experience and uh, um, Louie. Um, I think the Flames did the best in the goalie free agency this year. 
Yeah, and I would actually have to. I actually agree with both Ethan and all you guys. I think Vancouver did do a good job in bringing in Braden Holpe uh, to to, to uh, mentor Thatcher Demko. Uh, but how everything Calgary made the big splash. Yeah, the cost was a little bit higher, but you're bringing in a goaltender who has proven in this league that he works hard and can get and can steal you games and mentor uh, young players like David Riddick. Uh, but what are we thoughts on Edmonton? They lost out on Holby. They lost out on Markstrom. Uh, they bring in Mike Smith back again. Uh, is this a mistake, or would they have brought in? It would have been better off in bringing Aaron Dell, who signed a deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I think bring back Simon. What's that, sir? No, no, go ahead. Um, I think bring back Smith um, was probably the safest option. Um, they didn't want to take a chance on anyone else outside of probably Markstrom and Holtby. Um, it shows that the upper management is buying into what Smith and Koskinen has to offer, which might not be the best, but it did get them fifth in the West last year and bringing in some offensive talent was their main priority priority i'd say um so I, I don't hate the smith signing as much as other people will i think um, he's a good veteran guy to have behind the bench <clears throat> mentoring uh koskinen i i honestly would have liked to have seen Edmonds go after like Corey crawford you know he signed for what 3.9 with uh with new jersey is that right yeah. Yeah. So honestly, for three point, they signed what Smith, what two mil, right? Like, yeah, two mil. I mean, it's common knowledge that the contract they signed Koskinen to was a bad, a bad deal. Like Koskinen, Koskinen is maybe worth two, two point five. I think I would like to see them go after Crawford instead and move on from Smith. I think Smith probably could have. Either honestly, he could have retired this year or moved on uh, somewhere else. But I, I think Crawford would have been a good fit in Edmonton. So I'm a little surprised they didn't really go after him. Um, honestly, I feel like they didn't really need. I mean, obviously, goaltending has been an issue for them, and they wanted to address it. But I think Edmonton did a pretty solid job addressing some other needs. Um, like secondary scoring, I think the Kyle Turris signing really, uh, I think was really good to get a cheap contract. He's um, obviously he hasn't been playing super well in Nashville, but in Ottawa he was a very good. Um, I can't remember if he was playing first or second line center, but he was very solid for them. Um, obviously getting uh, Jesse Pujarvi back, um, and then Tyson Berry on defense. I think. Edmonton's main issue is that they don't have anybody to support McDavid and Drysaitel, and in my opinion, as long as you're gonna, as long as you have McDavid and Drysaitel on your team, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna have a chance of contending no matter what you have in net because you can always outscore them. Um, like just look at um, where they um, ended up in the standings even without um, a quote unquote good goalie. They were still uh, what was it fifth in the West. Yeah, yeah, from the West. Yeah, so yeah. a traditional year, they still would have made the playoffs. Um, 
Yeah. So but instead, I, they uh, they got destroyed in the qualifying rounds by Chicago. They got destroyed by Chicago instead. Um, which obviously the playoffs, you do need a good goalie, but I think Ed Edmonton did do a pretty good job addressing other needs besides the goalie. Yeah. And if, if they if they feel like they really do need a goalie, I think they could buy out Koskinen next year. There's a lot more options. You've got Rask, you got Pekka Rene, Anderson on Toronto, Jake Allen, just to name a few. Jake well, Allen just re-upped. Yeah, oh, he, he just signed. signed. Yeah, he, he just resigned. Yeah, yeah two years did. in Montreal. Yeah, totally. David Riddick is, could be there. We Lots of options next year. Well, you have to keep in mind, like with this, with the Seattle option draft, like who you yeah. can protect, right? Because oh, right. Seattle's coming next year. That's why Jake Allen's contract doesn't have a no move clause, uh, because then they can protect Price. Otherwise, they would have to protect both Price and uh, Allen, unless Allen waives his no movement clause. Right. So that yeah. that was a big deal for why Montreal didn't sign him to with a no movement clause. Yeah, Jacob Markstrom has a no movement clause all six years of his deal. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I uh, and you know what though, maybe we should uh, coming down to the flames here. So if you're Seattle and you see, honestly, in my opinion, I don't think we're protecting Giordano come expansion draft. I, I don't think either. I think they'll either try to move him earlier or expose him in the in the expansion draft. But then it's like you've also got Riddick exposed. So who do you take? Do you take Riddick or do you take Giordano? The thing is, Riddick um, is a free agent at the end of that year. He he is, yeah. That's true. Uh, I believe he's still an RFA though. I don't, I don't think, think so. he's in you. Yeah, I'm not actually sure what his contract's like. Um, Check out our boys at Cap Friendly here. UFA. Uh, he should be a UFA, yeah, because he signed in, um, what was it, 2018, yeah. 2019? Yeah, he'll be, he'll be a UFA. He'll be a UFA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was looking at Cap Friendly the other day, uh, just kind of going through some um, expansion draft simulators. And because Kale McCarr uh, played in the playoffs, I guess, two years ago, they have to protect him, whereas Quinn Hughes, he's exempt. Mm. Well, a little break for there for Vancouver. Because, yeah, I think oh. also, yeah, because he played against that one twenty eighteen against Calgary in the first round when he came yeah. up. I, I think if we're talking about the expansion draft, uh, what is everyone, everyone's thoughts on Vegas just being exempt? Um, well, basically my opinion is this is the same as... Um, so there's a... Uh, 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 Facebook, uh, complete hockey news. We all follow, we're all pretty close followers and is pretty reliable. His take is essentially when Seattle basically bought into the league, each team gets a cut of that, um, buy-in fee. But since Vegas is exempt, they don't get it. Mm. And I'm sure they would take, um, that however many millions of dollars for Seattle coming in than to lose a middle six forward. Yeah, that's true. But I also think like you know the league should have put in like uh, a condition like if you making if you're making the playoffs all years leading to the next expansion team or approximately a percentage of times you make the playoffs, then you shouldn't be exempt, right? Just because you've already gotten a, such a good team and you are a top tier team, 
The truth of the matter is, is that Vegas is turning into a highly overpowered team and basically their window is the next three years to win the cup. I, I think with all the contracts that they, they have locked up right now and every guy being in their prime, like if you don't see Vegas win a cup in the next three years, then they're, they're going to turn into a team with a lot of top heavy contracts and uh, those players values will start to go down. Well, you're paying your five, like top five players about fifty million dollars of the cap space. Yeah. So they really don't have much, and they got to start. Move, they're gonna have to move it if they don't, you know, get things going. Um, yeah, but I, I also think they're doing a much better job of it than Toronto is because I think Vegas has managed to get some actually pretty reasonable deals, and they've spread it out among as many players as they have. Um. Whereas Toronto's got basically Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, and Marner, right? Yeah. So, and and Anderson and Nett too. Like, that's basically, that's, so what, you've got a forward line, an extra forward, I guess Morgan Riley as well on D, but the most of their top paid players are those four. So that kind of, their depth after their second line, right? It's It drops right off. Well, yeah, because like from between William Nylander, he's making six point nine mil, and then the next forward is uh, Alexander Kerfoot, who's making three point five. Yeah, exactly. and then your and your top three D are Muzzin, who's making five point six two five, Mort Riley and Brody are both making five, and then your yeah. next player up is Justin Hall, who's making two million. When is Morgan Riley's contract up? That's what I was just going to ask. Like, he becomes a UFA in 2022, 2023, 2023. He's got two more years. They got him on a pretty good uh, pretty good deal there. And then Anderson is literally going on UFA next. He's a UFA next year, and he's making five mil. Yeah, that's why I was saying um, Edmonton. Toronto's probably not bringing him back. Maybe that's who Edmonton goes after. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at how Toronto's basically locked into those four guys, they're probably going to lose that time in. Um, and then they just have a bunch of one year deals to fill out their bottom six, their last two demon. Like, yet, yeah, as I'm point, their fourth best demon or fourth highest paid is Justin Hall. And after that, it just drops off to a bunch of one year deals two-year RFA deals. And they've got a lot of no-movement clause, if you're looking at it, because Jake Muzz has got a no-movement clause. Riley's got a modified no-movement clause. Brody's got a no-movement clause. Hall's got a modified no-movement clause. Bogosian. Yeah, they gave Brody a no-movement clause. Uh, Bogosian's got a, uh, a no-trade clause. Really? Uh, and then they've also... And then Tavares has got a no-movement clause. Hyman's got a modified no trade clause, and Wayne Simmons got a modified no trade clause. Wow! So they got a lot of expansion draft. They're gonna have to. That's uh, guys. Well, and I think that's gonna be a big issue. But and I think if they don't move William Nylander, I think he gets exposed. One of the things though is that a lot of the players with no trade clauses, uh, Zach Bogosian, Wayne Simmons, Zach Hyman, they're all on one year deals, so they're off the books at the end of this year when, when this expansion draft comes. So they don't need to worry about that. That's true. 
So by cell, if you look at it, you got your top, you got five defensemen who've got modified or no trade, and then you've got one forward who's got a who will be under contract. So that's six guys right away, and what I think it's eight players that get protected. Uh, I think it's. Is it eight players? I thought it was five. It can. I think it's either four. eight players or like five, uh, like six and three or something like that. I thought it was five, three, and one. Five forwards, three D, one goal tender. Seven forwards, three D, one goalie, or eight mm. forwards, or eight skaters. Okay. You look at what uh, Vegas did at their expansion draft. Lots of teams gave them draft picks to not take the players they couldn't protect. Maybe that's a strategy that Seattle explores. Stock up on a couple picks, take a younger guy. I don't think teams are going to be as willing to do that this time around. Because that's probably going to be a flat cap next year too. Yeah. I guess the only team that really would do that is probably Toronto, so they don't lose Nylander, but they probably would like to move out so they have some cap flexibility. But yeah, that uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the expansion draft. Yeah. Um, but just uh, we got some news here that Brendan Gallagher has re-signed with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, it's a six-year deal uh, worth thirty-nine million for total, so six point five uh, annually, and it has a full uh, has a modified no-trade clause and a full no-movement clause. So it includes six both. Years, you said, it's yeah, six, six years, year. six point five mil. Yeah. Well, he'll be thirty-five at the end of that contract. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, Montreal re-signing him? Because they were, they were, they had talks. It died down, and they circled back today. So, what are your thoughts for? What are you guys' thoughts on the signing? That makes. I think highest paid forward. Yeah, and then you know what? Highest paid forward at six and a half mil is that's a pretty good contract. That's not a bad uh, top nine they've got going now. You add to Foley to the mix. You've got Suzuki on the way up. Josh Anderson's questionable, but that's pretty questionable. Um, <laughs> you got Thomas Tatar. You got a lot of younger guys. That's not well, a Tatar's bad a free top agent nine. at the end of this year, though. Tatar's a free agent. Deneau's a free agent. Ar- Armia becomes a free agent. Uh, Jordan Wheel's a free agent. Uh, Conte, ah, yes, Barry becomes their RFA. Uh, and then Nick Suzuki is still good, but you have uh, you have a bunch of UFAs and RFAs. But if you look at they, they've got a lot of draft picks uh, in the next coming year. They've got two first, second round pick. They got one first rounder, two second round, three third rounds, three fourth rounds, and three fifth round picks. Like they've got, they've got a lot of draft picks to use. Uh, Honestly, I think uh, Montreal's biggest concern right now should be picking a team that can honestly that can compete in playoffs because Carey Price's window is closing. I I think 
I'm, like, I think, sorry, go ahead. No, you know, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think like he's what, he's 33 years old. He's getting paid 10 and a half million a year. I mean, obviously he's still one of the best goalies in the league, but I think his frustration with not being able to win much will get to the point of boiling over if they don't get something going for him soon, because otherwise he's going to stay in Montreal his whole career and, and not, you know, he, he, I think he wants to win. I don't, I, I know he loves Montreal, but I think he, if he can find a better way to win, say, obviously not now, like right now, I think he's comfortable and, you know, Montreal is showing some promise with all this, these moves they're making, but I'd say three, four years down the line, that that might be the end of his window in Montreal. I'm, um, I'm worried about Montreal. To me, Montreal can only go as far as Carey Price takes him. And yeah. he, he showed flashes of vintage Carey Price in the playoff run. And that's what made Montreal say, okay, hold the phone. Maybe we still are contenders. So we're going to go out. We're going to buy big. We're going to make ourselves into contenders. But if Carey Price isn't able to play at a certain level, then they're going to be stuck in the Minnesota wild territory of mediocrity. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if it was a good idea. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily good for them to beat Pittsburgh in the playing round because it might have given them a false sense of, um, a false sense of confidence where they're thinking, oh, maybe we're a little better than we can consistently be. Because Harry Price had, what was it, three months off? Yeah. So I'm I'm just not sure about how how well they're gonna do. But I think they address that that issue with goaltending with bringing in Jake Allen because you got basically a guy who can who was playing that one B one A goalie in St. Louis uh, and was and has played really well for St. Louis and I think bringing him at, to back up uh, Price it basically slows down it does he don't push Price so much he doesn't have to play so many games because you have a one A one B goalie. And when the time's to come, then price is rested. And we've seen this not only in the NHL, but in uh, international competition as well. And when price is rested, he's on his game. I think I think price's salary is going to be a big issue, though, down the line. Next year, they, they have almost $14 million going to just two goalies. And... Honestly, like in the long run, that kind of screws you over. You're going to lose a lot of these younger players that you need to pay because you can't afford to pay them anymore. And so I think, I think Ethan's spot on with it. Like it's, they can only go as far as Carey Price takes them. And that's part of that is because of his salary and how much it's, you know, how much they're paying him every year. So here's a here's a take then. Um, if you're Montreal, do you protect uh, Shea Weber? He doesn't have, have a. Oh, he doesn't have a no movement, does he? He doesn't. No, he doesn't have a no movement clause. And how much would that free up? Eight million. Seven point eight. Seven point eight. Yeah, seven point eight. And then you've got kids like Cole Caulfield. You have to bring up eventually. Um, Josh Brook. He's looked all right in the minors. I don't know if you're Montreal, do you, I, I would consider not for, um, protecting him. I think in the mindset Montreal's at right now, where they believe that they're, 
contenders and they can win, they 100% draft, uh, not draft, uh, protect Shea Weber. If the season just completely goes to crap and then they finish, like, bottom of the league, then maybe it happens. But the way I see in their, in with the mindset they have right now about, oh, maybe we can make, make a push for a cup, I don't see them trading Shea Weber. Yeah, and I think I think it would be a different narrative as well had they lost 3-0 to uh, Pittsburgh, but they actually did show some hope. But can they do that for an 82-game season and then on top of that make it into the playoffs? Their, their uh, ceiling is probably six, seven in the East at best. I don't see them being better than Toronto, Tampa, even Boston. So their their ceiling is probably a wild card spot. They also signed Tyler Toffoli as well. They did. I think that Toffoli signing was a really good one. And honestly, I would have liked to have seen him in Calgary at that price. Um, the, the Calgary Canucks. The Calgary Canucks, exactly. You pull, pull them all in. Might as well, if you've got a couple, or if you've got three of them, you might as well finish it off, right? But I think that's going to be, you know, that's a contract that I don't think is very risky. 4.25 mil, he's 28 years old. He shows that he can be pretty consistent with his point scoring. Like, I, I think that's a great, great deal they signed him to. And not only Todd Foley, but Josh Anderson from the trade that they traded out uh, yeah, Max Domi for. Well, Josh Anderson is not worth $5.5 million, I'll tell you that much right now. Josh Anderson is... I could see I could see if you flipped those two contracts, if you're paying Tyler Toffoli 5.5 and Josh Anderson 4.25, even then you're still paying Josh Anderson too much. But I think Tyler Toffoli is worth more. Does Josh Anderson make a full recovery and reach that potential? That's exactly that's the thing. Yeah. That's a very risky gamble to pay someone five and a half million for seven years who just came off surgery, right? Yeah. Yeah. For someone who just came off surgery and you haven't even seen him play yet. To dish out that kind of long term money on someone you have no idea if they're gonna be good, is it, it's it's a Bold move. That's a Mark Bergevin move. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, uh, yeah. Honestly, that one could that one could look pretty disastrous if if his injuries troubles keep up with him. I think, honestly, even if his injuries don't keep up with him and he makes a full recovery and he gets under their lineup, I still don't think he reaches the potential of being worth five point five million. And, well, what's his potential? We've only seen three-ish years of him in the NHL, and it was two years ago he got 27 goals, 20 assists in a full 82-game season. Is Are we saying he's a 25-goal scorer consistently, or you're expecting 20 and 20 out of him? But, no, you're right. That's not worth $5.5 million for seven more years. Like, I think – his his year in 2018 2019 where he's got 27 goals 20 assists for 47 points like i think that's close to his ceiling for for point scoring i think maybe he becomes a 50 point scorer in one or two of those seasons yeah. uh, but i think that's what mark bergevin was signing he was signing that based off of that one year right 
Yeah. Well, with my homie getting, sorry, right, I can finish your thought, thought there. Well, I, I like you were gonna say like with Max Domi, right? Like, how much did Domi get? Was it five point three? Five point three. I think Domi is more worth that. Like, but that was only a two-year deal, though. It's only a two-year contract. Yeah, but I wouldn't honestly with Domi's history and the fact that he's on what his third team in the last five, I think, what last five years here. Five years. Like he moves around quite a bit. I. You know, a short two-year deal, that's probably a safe bet for Columbus, kind of see where it can go. That's kind of what I was expecting to happen with Josh Anderson, though. And then they signed him to seven years, so. Well, he's a younger player, too, and he's shown a little bit more potential. He's he's definitely been healthier. He had 72 points in 2018-19, the same year Anderson had 47, playing yeah. beside uh, um, Panarin, so. That was also the ridiculously high-scoring year, though. Like, that was the year... Yeah. 128, right? Yeah, well, also, Josh Anderson's one year older than Max Domi. Yeah. I, so, yeah. I did hear that there was bad blood between Domi and Claude Julien. Because on his way out, uh, there was something they asked him about his relationship with him, and he said, I'd rather not talk about that. And then he's going to Tortorella. So, like... Either things go great with Tortorella because that's his coaching style that he needs, like that's the coaching style that Max Domi needs, or shit goes down and he moves on, right? Yeah, but let, let's just move on to the, you know, the biggest contract signing uh, and the biggest free agent was Vegas signing Alex Petrangelo. I thought you were going to say Buffalo and Taylor Hall. Uh, no, I, actually, I'm going to go with this one first. Uh, with a seven-year, $8.8 million contract. What are your guys' thoughts with this? Every time Vegas signs a player, I always think, how can they afford this? Like, they just they just pile on these players for a ton of cap, and then, obviously, they have to move a lot of guys out. Like, I'm sure, I don't think Nate Schmidt wanted to go with, but... They lost that Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt is a great defenseman for that price. And only, only for a third-round pick. Yeah, I think uh, they, they lost on that. And yeah. what, they're about just, un, just under a million over the cap right now. Yeah. Um, again, they have to get rid of someone. Uh, clearly, they're not going to be trading Flurry because of Leonard's, Leonard's uh, injury and surgery that he's going to be requiring. Yeah. Um, but again, see, who do you move? See, that's a tough one. I mean, okay, going just kind of going back to what we were talking about Montreal. You know, Montreal's got almost fourteen million between Carey Price and Jake Allen. But the difference is, is that Carey Price and Jake Allen are split in skill quite a bit. Vegas has Fleury and Leonard for a total of twelve million together. Yeah, that that is a good. Like if you're going to have two goalies and you're going to price them over $10 million in your goalie pool to have two guys like Fleury and Leonard, that's a really good tandem to have. So I don't like, obviously Fleury's upset or whatever. He's not whatever the, the actual uh, feeling is on that one. But I think if I'm Vegas, I wouldn't trade Fleury. I'd hold on to him. 
so basically what do you do because your minimum you're going to get for forwards you either got to rid of get rid of Thomas Nosek, uh William Carrier or Ryan Reeves those are like the minimum or you get rid of uh Nick Holden and bring a defenseman from your uh from the AHL to replace to gum yourself a defenseman so what do you do f- uh, as for Vegas to get um to get on to this uh contract to make sure you're at least at the salary cap how much are they over uh, one about a million just under about a million just, just under a million over the salary cap i heard they were looking at shopping riley smith uh or jonathan marcheso i have heard i've heard about marcheso being possibly moved as well both guys um, five million dollar caps on them i i wouldn't move riley smith or marcheso like honestly they'll probably move out a defenseman and both of them have a modified no trade clause, so there's both get eight teams that they can be traded to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say same with uh, Carlson and Pacioretty, and I think I was hearing Pacioretty's name being shopped around just a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you're Vegas, you probably got to move on from one of those five forwards. I think the goalie tandem is best in the league, bar none. For twelve million, you've got yeah. two, yeah. two, two top, probably top fifteen goalies in the league. That like that's a Stanley Cup team right there. Mm-hmm. I think to to get Robin Lehner for five more years at five million dollars is absolutely a steal. Yeah. The, the insane thing is. Semyon Varlamov in on the New York Islanders is making five million dollars. Yeah. So you just gotta think what happened in that contract negotiation where they weren't willing to offer Laner five mil. They did uh, last year or two years ago in off season they gave the exact same contract uh, to that Chicago gave uh, again with more term though, and he chose Chicago on the one year deal instead at the same price. Really? Yeah, he wanted to leave New York Islanders. He there was some issue. Uh, no one knows exactly what had happened, uh, but there was an issue. Whether it was the coach or was it just the GM, there was some uh, issues between them, and that's why he chose to go to Chicago. I can I can see bad blood between him and uh, Lamorello. I don't think it was Trotz. I think it was Lamorello because no, he's got know. a lot of a lot of uh, history of having problems with players. Oh, I didn't know that. Because Barry Trotz's system is perfect for goalie. It's so defensive, so boring. Yeah. Uh, Going back to Vegas, I was looking at it, and you know what? I think Thomas Nosek would have to be on his way out. He's got a $1.25 million contract. He's a UFA next year. And then you throw him, if you trade him for like a pick, you pull up Peyton Krebs next year. Exactly. That's what I, I think. So. I think you bring up Peyton Krebs and you throw him on your third or fourth line, you can get him prepped for the NHL, ready to go. And then I think Krebs has a lot of potential to move up in that lineup. Yeah. So Vegas got lots of decisions there to make. Um, but like Ethan said, let's talk about uh, Taylor Hall and his contract with Buffalo. Uh, one year, eight million dollar contract. Man, I mean, J- GM Jack Eichel. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I I thought it was a 
terrible contract, and maybe it is, but Taylor Hall's gambling on himself where he could play with Jack Eichel, one of the best hockey players in the world, and probably bring his value up maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that Taylor Hall, as much as he says it's not about the money, it is. He's going in. He's going to play with Jack Eichel. Probably put up – honestly, he could easily put up point per game playing with Jack Eichel. No, he's 100% going to be putting up point per game. So if he puts up point per game or more with Jack Eichel, that means next year he goes in. And he can probably, because of this year alone, get a $10 million plus contract for long term purely because of him playing with Jack Eichel. Now, does he stay with Buffalo if things go well this year, or does he be selfish again and, and move on and pick the place where gives him the most money? It also is going to happen, yeah, what happens in Buffalo. Because if you look at basically the lineup, he's, he's the third highest paid player on that team. He's going to mm-hmm. be playing with Eichel, and either Opozo's going to be on that line or Skinner's going to be on that line. Yeah. And it's going to see what's going to happen cuz and even if you look at the contract next year they're going to still have they're going to have a lot of cap space cuz they've got a lot of free agents next year yeah. uh, they've got like Eric Stahl's a free agent uh Tobias Reeder's a free agent then you look at their defense Brandon Montour Jacob McNabb uh Darlene's an RFA uh Yokihara's yeah. an RFA Brandon Davidson's a UFA uh Matt Irwin's a UFA They've got a lot of and they and currently they have thirteen million in cap space, thirteen point six. I think if, if Buffalo actually wants to be a competitive team this year, I think they should be looking at a new goaltender and moving Carter Hutton out. He is off the books next year, so I don't know yeah. if Carter Hutton's the problem. I think Buffalo's the problem. Buffalo is the problem, but I don't I think without a legitimate starting goaltender that's like because look at them last year they started off pretty well they you know weren't they first in the league past few years buffalo was first in the year league at one point so they they start the year off really really well but then the pressure on the defense and the goaltender starts to get to the team and then they they just let it go once they start sliding they slide hard And Carter Hutton, sorry, is only playing, getting paid two point seven five. Mm-hmm. Buffalo has thirteen point six mil in cap. Yeah, bring in a new goaltender. You've got the only goalie signed right now is Carter Hutton at two point seven five mil because Linus Olmark is an RFA. He's getting an yeah. arbitration, or he probably will get arbitration. Uh, I think you bring in, you get out, get Carter Hutton out. You sign someone to mentor Linus Allmark. Maybe someone like Pekka Rene. One, give him one year for mm-hmm. four million. One, like why not? Yeah. As good as Carter Hutton can be, he's had a goals against average of three plus the last two years. Barely been over point nine hundred save percentage below yeah. 500 goalie and he can't stay healthy yeah like what about someone like like craig anderson i know he's obviously aged but you bring craig anderson in maybe to mentor him over carter hutton i can see that like 
yeah, Carter Arden would be a good, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Craig Anson would be a good individual to bring in uh, as a mentor, just like how with the, how uh, uh, Washington did bringing in Lundquist. Yeah. yeah. Mentor. Uh, because well, when you look at Aaron Washington there, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure his name, Samsonov. Yeah. Samsonov. I think when you look at, at Carter Hutton, what I saw is he was a great backup for many, many years in this league. He had a really good couple of years in St. Louis as a backup before he moved to Buffalo. And then he moved to Buffalo. And once the starter pressure got onto him, it just – it's it was too much for him. I think Carter Hutton's a good goalie. I think he's a good backup. But Craig Anderson has been a starter in this league for a long, long time. I think he's a better mentor, and I think he'll honestly put up similar or better results than Hutton. And, and Hutton isn't—he hasn't been in the league too long. He started in 2013, I want to say. Yeah. Um, He's still, he's turning 35 this year. Like that's pretty old as well for someone that's only been in the league for seven years and mm -hmm. hasn't really proven they could be the true number one guy. Great number two guys, like Colby said, but uh, yeah, I don't, if Buffalo wants to win a Stanley Cup, keep like Jack Eichel happy, yeah. maybe even Taylor Hall. You got to bring someone legitimately show show your players that you're actually trying to win. Craig Anderson has been a starting goaltender in this league since 2010, 2009. Yeah. Like he's got so much more experience. His playoffs are like insane. Actually his save percentage over the last four playoffs he had was 922, 972, 918 and 933. Yeah. His last playoffs came three years ago. Well, that's, years ago. That, that's true. That's, that's another thing. But even if you look at that, look at how he played for Ottawa this year. Like he gave it his heart and soul and gave them every, every chance to win. As bad as Ottawa was, Craig Anderson was a bright spot on that team. Yeah. He, easily their MVP of their team, even though he's had a goals against average above three the last three years. Yeah. He's easily the hardest working guy in that organization. Yeah. I can see him benefit or Buffalo benefiting from a guy like him. Yeah. But hardest working doesn't always translate onto the ice. You can work your butt off, but it might, you might still not play very well. And that's what I learned about Anderson. Like he's no doubt a hard worker, but father time is undefeated. He's 37, 38, 39, 39. 39. Yeah. I, I just don't, Maybe it doesn't translate for him, but it would translate to maybe other guys around him. I'm I'm kind of more thinking as a like a one year deal, bring him in as a mentor, right? Yeah. Let him play it out. Probably the last year of his career. I don't see Craig Anderson getting any more than like a two year contract at most. No. Um, give him a chance to to prove himself. And maybe give Buffalo a shot at getting into the playoffs. Because I think if Buffalo doesn't get into the playoffs in the next, I'd even give it just two years. Honestly, two years, I think Jack Eichel wants out. And he doesn't have a movement clause, so. Yeah. Well, there was a trade rumor. I don't know if you heard this. It was uh, Jack Eichel coming to Calgary, uh, Sean Monaghan, Sam Bennett, 
a first rounder and I think Jacob Peltier going back the other way. See, I was ready to make that deal until you said Peltier. Yeah. Peltier, I think, is going to be a stud for our team once he once he makes it into the big leagues. He's not as good. As, he's not going to be as good as Jack Eichel. I, he's not. I, I take that deal any day of the week. Who said? Do you know who said no? Uh, I believe it was Buffalo that mm-hmm. ended up saying no. Yeah, yeah um, it makes sense. They don't want to move away from. Is it safe to say top five player in the NHL with Eichel? Yeah. Yeah. So I. It's rare that you see guys in their prime, one of the best in the world, just for any sport, getting traded. Well, he's 23. Like he at that age, yeah. The fact that he's so young and he's so dominant in this league, if he's in any other draft class than he was, he goes first overall. Easily. And I think obviously I think Buffalo would be dumb to trade him but if Buffalo can't get things right and can't get things going to get into the playoffs I don't think Jack Eichel wants to be there anymore and I don't think there's you know they're they're running out of time In, uh, uh, yes oh, yeah, go ahead Ethan um, how long until you think McDavid wants out of Edmonton I think two years as well I'd say three years Fred I was, was going to say more. three yeah, I think uh, him and Drysaddle are the team. I think, but I think bringing I think Tyson Berry was a good signing for them. I, I think he fits in well on their team. Uh, I think if they would have had a, maybe a different choice in goaltenders again, rather than Mike Smith, I don't think Mike Smith is bad. I just think he's like he is the person uh, personification of. <laughs> the minnesota wild in that he's mediocre yeah well speaking of the minnesota wild they went and got tom talbot what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on bringing him and having the tandem of him and Staylock in minnesota to me honestly like i like cam talbot and i think it's a good pickup for minnesota but i don't think i don't really see minnesota wanting to get out of this mediocrity they're not doing enough no you know, it's just like they're kind of sticking with the same guys. They're not really willing to make too many moves. They've got 2.7 million in cap space right now. Yeah. As it stands. Mm-hmm. And you've got your highest paid player, Zach Freezy, with a $7.5 million contract, and he's 36. And he's still got five years left on that massive 13 year yeah. contract. Yeah. Did, did, didn't Jared Spurgeon get close to eight mil then? Yeah, yeah. Jared Spurgeon is five seven point five. Yeah, but he's thirty, so he's got he's got time. He he's got time. Time. a fair deal. Like he's got. Time. Uh, Ryan Suter's got another five years left on his contract, at seven point five. Yeah, and he's thirty five right now. And the problem yeah. with Parise and Suter is that they've both got no movement contracts. Yep. And that's tough to to move. And it's both they're full no movement contracts. Yeah. I um, think the move that Minnesota's made in the last couple of years that confused me the most was Matt Zuccarello. I was just about to say, yeah, you've got him under contract four more years, and yeah. at six million, he's never yeah. been he's never been a six million dollar player, even at his no. best. And if I you're think- if you're the Minnesota Wild, you're 
more than likely losing Matt Dumba in the expansion draft with all the no movement clauses you've handed mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Yeah, because Spurgeon, Suter, and Brodeen are all covered under no movement contracts, which means Matt Dumba's the best left available. Yeah. And I, Minnesota would then take the, the eight player deal because they take those four defensemen, then Parise, Zuccarello. Um, they have to take zero. Zuccarello. Johansson. He's a UFA. Like, oh, he's a UFA. He's an Eck, and like, I, I don't know who's eligible, but. I, yeah, I don't see a uh, way Minnesota doesn't go for the eight, eight player, eight skater. Yeah, I think I think they give Alex Dialock open. I think because mm-hmm. him and Cam Teller are both the same age, um, both thirty three years. Dialock's got like a, a seven hundred eighty five thousand uh, dollar contract, so he's a cheap contract. That's actually pretty good. Um, but they, are, yeah, they've retained two point one of of Dubnik's contract when he went to San Jose in the San Jose trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they've got a lot of old guys on Minnesota and I think they got to figure out whether they're going to move those guys or they're going to either go into a rebuild or just be a mediocre team. They did bring in a new guy. Um, I think after he sees what he's working with, he hits complete rebuild. Mm-hmm. Next year, I say they are one of the worst teams in the league. Minnesota? Yeah. And honestly, and, and honestly, they need it. They need it to show that, okay, it's time to rebuild. They're five years away from just winning the first round in the playoffs. Yeah. I think – I feel bad for Cam Talbot, honestly, going to Minnesota because I, I feel like, yeah, they need – they're in desperate need of a rebuild. And Talbot, you know, Talbot's in – or getting to be past his prime and he wants to win now yeah but it's like i don't think that's going to happen in minnesota i think talbot got paid and maybe they turn around in the back half of that contract but i i I just i don't see it and it's it's sad to see minnesota do so poorly as they are because they're probably one of the best states that producing hockey players mm-hmm. like Parise's Pre- yeah. from Minnesota, um, David Backus, Wheeler, Nate Smith, Brock Bessie, all of this talent. And you, you can't like your best player or highest paid player, Zach Parise at 36 years old. Yeah. They, they just need to take a chance on some guys get rid of some of the older guys, bring in some newer guys, take a chance on one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's Minnesota. But you know, which one team in the West I'm scared of and who has a lot of cap space, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. They've got 6.79 in cap space still. And they just brought in Brandon sod from Chicago, who I think is a great player. Uh, and is going to help bolster that, you know, second, third line for them. Spencer, can I, can, can we hear your take about why you don't think Colorado's as good as everyone thinks they are? I, I think they're, I think they're one piece away, but I think after seeing how they played against Dallas in the playoffs, I think they just need, they, they just need some more time to develop their guys. They will be the best team in the league in three years, but 
I think they're trying to push their window a year or two too early. I think to be fair with them facing Dallas in the playoffs, they had a lot of injuries too. Yeah, they're, yeah, their goaltending, their goaltending just went. The goaltending, they they lost both friend Frenzos and Grubauer, right? So yeah. when you yeah. lose both of your goalies, that's where they need to bring in a depth goalie. Michael Hutchinson wasn't a. He played well. Like no, he did. He played well. Yeah, gets a lot of hate because the Toronto days, but he's yeah. not bad. Like even in stays in Winnipeg, like he was a good goaltender in Winnipeg as well. Yeah. I just think he didn't develop into the goaltender he needed to be. Yeah. But I think you know it ended up working out, uh, well, almost working out in the game seven. But I think it just came it came down to goaltending. Uh, yeah, I. I personally think that the thought process of Joe Sackick is going to be that this is the win year. This is the year you've got to go all in because you look at it, they've got obviously McKinnon's on the best contract in the league. There's no doubting that. No. Three more years, 6.3 mil. Like you've definitely got to do something by the end of that, that three years. But also after this season, Landis Gogg's a UFA. Uh, Brandon Saad drops to a UFA. Um, Ian Cole, I mean, that's not a big deal. Cam McCarr is an RFA, yeah, so they're going to have to sign him too. They're going to start running out of money. That's why I think they're pushing their window just a year too early. I I think they're top two, top three team in the West, but I don't see how they just beat – I don't see them beating Vegas in a seven-game series. They're just too experienced. They've got the better goalies, and yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little bit biased, but goalies win Stanley Cups more often than not. Yeah. And I would, mm-hmm. I would rather have those two than Grubauer and Francois. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I agree with you. Like, I think Colorado pushed it this year mostly because they want their team to get that experience so that they can be better prepared. But I, I don't think... I agree. I don't think anyone's beaten Vegas at this point. But you know what? Look at Colorado. If you look at their average age, it's 27.3. And they don't have that's on their offense. They don't they only have one guy who's older than 31, which is Pierre Edward Belmar. He's 35. The next two oldest guys after that is Nazem Kadri at 30 and Matt Calvert at 30. Wow, I thought they were both 33. No. no, so they've got that time. They've got most of their guys in their prime or going into their prime. Yeah. If I'm Joe Sakic, I'm I'm pushing to try and win it all this year. Yeah, I, I think they're super young. It's it's actually insane because if you look at the defense, if they move Eric Johnson somehow, theoretically, mm-hmm. this could be their defense in two years. Uh, the yeah. top six: Samuel Gerrard, Ryan Graves, Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, um, Connor Timmins, Bowen Byram. No one, yeah. not a single person I just mentioned is over the age of twenty-six. Mm-hmm. That is disgusting. Yeah, that's why I think yeah. they're the best team in the league in three years, probably, maybe even next year. Um, they've got all the money to play with it. Um, and it's going to go, the cap will probably go up in two years. They're going to have room to sign those two defensemen that need to come up still. How, like, how much do you think Kale McCarr gets when his contract runs out? 
I think they sign him to a bridge. You think he goes right to 10? I think they sign him to a bridge until they get a new Mac contract sorted out. Yeah, I hope I hope they go bridge route, but I, I, I he's worth 10 million. I think yeah. I think he goes between six. Uh, he'll go for bridge deal. He'll go between six and eight. Um, but again, it depends on the player too. They might just take a con- uh, cheaper contract to be with the team uh, because they like the team, right? Yeah. yeah. They want to play. They want to be with the team. Like Nathan McKinnon. Like Nathan McKinnon, his six point three deal. Like it was like when he signed it. It was when Nathan McKinnon's. Yeah, when Nathan McKinnon's deal runs out, I think he's the highest. Neck. Well, maybe not more than McDavid, but probably the second highest paid player in the league. Yeah, because he signed it. He signed it in 2016. Mm-hmm. It was a seven-year deal. Yeah. Like McKinnon went on the record saying that he would take a discount to stay in Colorado. And uh, like that being said, um, ten and a half for McKinnon is a discount, but he said he was willing to take less than he deserves to stay on a cup contending team. And that's just. That's just the players being how they are, and that's also on Sackick. That's what he did in his days in the late 90s, early 2000s. He took paychecks so he could keep guys like Peter Forsberg and Milan Heiju, like all of those guys. He took those pay, pay cuts. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think there's an understanding there, like between McKinnon and Sackick, like you're a top three player in the league, take a pay cut and I'll get more guys to support you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the kind of culture that um, was created in Boston too. Just the guys like Bergeron and, and Marshawn, like David Pasternak took a, a contract for six point six 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 seven. Charlie Coyle's four point nine. Brendan Carlo was two point eight five. And that's the the culture that Boston created, and that's why they've been uh, contenders for so long. Um, I think that's obviously gonna, obviously changed now that Toy Crew is gone. Mm-hmm. But, that's just kind of the, the kind of culture that you need in a locker room. Well, speaking of Boston, like how is the how is being Toy Crew grown? How is that going to affect the team, and who are they going to bring in to replace his minutes? Basically, I have no idea. The, uh, the decor is looking a little weak. Like they've got McAvoy and Carlo, which is great, but other than that, they've got John Moore, Connor Clifton. Jeremy Lazone and Matt Grizzlick, who's an RFA. And their project was is thin too. They've got ten point three million in cap space. Like they got a lot of cap space. Do they go after a guy like Sammy Vatnin? I think potentially. I think they go for kind of that offensive defenseman to try and fill the the hole that Krug left. Do you think they go bold and try and trade for Sergeyev's rights? I don't see it happening. I, I don't see Boston having assets to trade for Sergeyev's rights. Do you think? Do you think uh, Tampa can afford to, to pay Sergeyev? Like, what if they can't get Tyler Johnson out? They they might have to buy him out. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's their like only really option. Yeah. Because again, they do have two point eight in cap space. But they mm-hmm. they still got to sign Anthony Sorelli, Luke uh, Luke Shen is signed, uh, Eric Cernak and Mikhail Sergachev. They got three players they got to sign with yeah. two point eight or two point yeah two we'll say two point nine uh, in cap space. Um, How much do you think Anthony Sorelli is gonna get? Like the advanced analytics guys love Anthony. Like I, I'm sure Spenny, you absolutely love Anthony Sorelli. 
I, I do, yeah. How much do you think he's going to get? Seven by seven. Maybe seven by seven and a half. You think Anthony's... Oh, really? Really? I don't think he's seven. I don't think he's a seven right now. I'd I'd give him like four and a half. Here's why I would give him seven. I would try to build around him and Kucherov because this is going to be a little bit controversial. I would try to move on from Samkos. Yeah, I, I, it's not controversial. I agree with you. Yeah, I think a lot. They are also looking at potential moving Samkos as well. And back to one of my earlier points about maybe Pacioretty being on the move, I have heard some stamp goes for Pacioretty's. Really? You know what? Yeah. It's pretty clear that Tampa can do it without Stamkos. And I think when you get to that point where your team can be a big contender, they can win a Stanley Cup without him, that's when it's time to look at moving him. But yeah. you also have an issue. He's got a no-movement clause, and he's already said he doesn't want to leave Tampa. Like he's so, already said he doesn't want to leave. That's that's the issue, right? How how many more? He's got four more years, he's correct? Got four more yeah. years. Uh, eight point five million dollar contract. Yeah, uh, and you gotta you gotta pay Braden Point and Sorelli this year and next year. Uh, point, uh, point, two point, years, yeah. Point's got two years. Yeah, Point's got two years. Um, I think you know honestly, I think the team that Sorelli would could be offer sheeted or sent to would be Calgary. I think he would fit well in Calgary. Um, you know, just the way he, the way his style plays, he can easily, you, you're, you can buy out Ryan and you get Anthony Sorelli. Um, I, I take that, uh, offer. And I know Calgary has phoned up on, uh, Tampa regarding Sorelli. Uh, yeah. where it was just a conversation, nothing has matured or gone further than talks, but I think they're trying to sign him as best as they can. Uh, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be down to what either they get it done before arbitration or he, I think Sorelli moves before Sergeyev moves. Yeah. Neither Sorelli or Sergeyev are arbitration eligible though. Yeah. Is, uh, is Braden Point eligible in two years? He is. He's an RFA for yeah for uh, arbitration. Well, let's say, and in two years, Johnny Cadro's off the books. Um, does Calgary try to go for um, hometown hero Braden Point? Try to bring him back home. Honestly, I would. Uh, I I think the Flames' time to move on from Sean Monahan is coming up here pretty soon. Would you move on from Monaghan before Gaudreau? I say you move on from both of them. I honestly, I feel like if you bring in, if you maybe move Monaghan and bring in Point, what if Point and Gaudreau just light it up though? Gaudreau's like I, two years though. Gaudreau's two just, years away. I feel like Gaudreau. Um, struggles mostly because of the pressure that's put on him. That's why I wanted the Flames to sign Hall because I felt like if you bring in Hall, pressure kind of goes off Gaudreau a little and maybe he gets it going more, right? But then again, you look at Johnny in the playoffs and he's non-existent. So that's the that's kind of the sacrifice you have to make and you have to decide I what think you this really year, value. This year is going to be, you know, what's going to happen? Like, how are you going to bounce back? They had a step back mm-hmm. last year. 
I think this year is going to be like, okay, we brought in solid goaltending. We brought in an improvement on Hamannick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got great young guys with Anderson. Uh, Valimaki's coming back. Yeah. Um, you got Hannafin. You got Hannafin, who's a who is a is still developing. He's not he's not another uh, Dougie Hamilton, but he can yeah. reach that potential if he's if he gets to, to that level. Like he can reach it if he works yeah. hard enough. Uh, I think this year is going to be, you know, what do you let's prove? Let's prove to the team. You know, you got Dylan Dubé, Sam Bennett, who took a step forward this year. Um, Majapani took a huge step forward this year. He's going to get yeah. a, a nice contract. Um, I think maybe you buy out Lucic, uh, yeah. see if you can bring him down to a, a cheaper contract. You know, because I think he would fit well in your fourth line. He likes to play in Calgary. He does. Uh, uh, you, you basically, I think you you save about three four million dollars on that, and then you go and get someone uh, like Mike Hoffman, who would just solidify uh, I, your top six I'm, or Dadanov or Dadanov. I, that's what I was gonna say. When I'm looking at it, I would bring in Dadanov over Hoffman. I think because I feel like Mike Hoffman is gonna be James Neal 2.0 once he signs. I, I just I get that feeling from him, uh, and I don't think I think someone's going to overpay on him grossly, and it's not going to end up end well. Uh, a player I'd like to see actually see actually a couple that I'd like to see the Flames pick up is Mikhail Granlund, or uh, who else? I had someone else here, or Andreas Athanasiu. I think like. What are your guys' thoughts on that, on those two, Granlund and Athanasiu? Athanasiu is a heavy liability on defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like a Johnny uh, but, like a Johnny Goudreau to the extreme. But you put him on a line with, say, Michael Backlund and Derek Ryan, who are more defensively responsible. Mm-hmm, that's true. You know, then you've got kind of both on the same line. You've got a defensively responsible guy at center, and you've got... I mean, obviously, I don't think you'd want to break up Kachuk, Majapani, and uh, Ackland. That's they're they're too good. They're they're rolling. So I could see you putting Athanasiu with uh, with Derek Ryan on that third line, though. Maybe him with Dylan Dubé or or Sam Bennett. But I don't I don't think you split up Bennett and I think I think Bennett Bennett and Dubé will stay in line. I think Bennett moves over to the center position. Uh, I think if you unfortunately Derek Ryan becomes your fourth line center. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's who's going to play alongside with Bennett and Dubé. Well, that's why I think Michael Granlund would be a good fit. And I agree. Mikhail Granlund. Mikhail Granlund. I think Mikhail Granlund is an actually He played well at Nashville. Yeah. Uh, he is an improvement on his brother for sure. Well, no, he played well in Minnesota. Nashville yeah. kind of dropped off, but I think he's got his Minnesota potential. And I think if you can sign him to a low contract, let him prove himself, like that's a perfect fit on your third line. But even like I think he also got you know bringing you know Conazari is their their draft choice this year. I think you know he has a huge potential in jumping into the roster not this year but definitely next year. I think Peltier Peltier looks at making it this year next year. Honestly, he tore it up, and he's still tearing it up right now. I think what he first game he had uh, one goal, four assists. Yeah, he he was a steal of a pick. Like he was. That was definitely I, a good one. 
I'd like to see uh, Calgary try to improve maybe the bottom six first before they make that big move to replace or move on from Monaghan or Johnny. Um, and the guy I was looking at was Carl Soderberg. Mm. Try to bring him in for a year or two. I, I know he's very old, but even at, I think he's 35. He's 34. Still up 30, 34. He's 35. He's 35. Oh, did he just turn 35? Yeah, he just turned uh, two days ago. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, hey. Shout out um, to the Kyle <laughs> if you're watching this, happy birthday. Come to Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what he offers on the defensive side and also 17 goals, 18 assists, that'd be perfect. One, Give him a year or two, two million. Um, I think he solidifies the top nine role, maybe even some fourth line minutes if you don't want to break up the Lucci Bennett Dubé line. I yeah, you know what? I I I agree with you on that one because if like if it was me, I'd want to bring in a veteran presence to play with Dubé and Bennett. Like that's what you you know, then you kind of get the mix and you can help develop them more. But it depends on what Brad Truliving and uh, Jeff Ward want. And honestly, another guy I look at, what about Alex Galchenyuk? Yeah, I was also looking at him. He would mm -hmm. be um, a little bit of a younger guy. Give him a year or two, see what he's made out of. See if he can hit 30 goals again. Well, he's not going to hit that, but see if he can give you even 20 goals. You get 20 goals out of Alex Galchenik on the third line, that's a win. Exactly. And if you don't want to take the risk on him, bring in someone that's done it before in Carl Soderberg. Even if he – I think 15 goals for him is – about 12 to 15 is realistic. Well, yeah. he had 19 um, in 2018-2019 before he went to Pittsburgh. Um, I think he just struggled in Pittsburgh and in Minnesota. I don't think he – the team around him could play uh, uh, the way he, he normally plays. Um, I yeah. think, you know, putting him with a line again, like with Dubé and Bennett, you know, two strong guys. He's he's that guy that can get those garbage goals and those two guys that put driving the net and getting the shots on it. He would collect those garbage goals and get those rebounds. Uh, it's what we need. Uh, but again, Calgary is turning to, you know, like the, becoming like either the Calgary Canucks or the, or the Swedish mafia. So I think both those guys would be uh, mm -hmm. both good assets. Again, both of them are a left shot. Uh, you got, you, you got to balance your team a little bit with adding a little bit more right shot, whether it's on defense or on the forward. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause really on your top, top, your top six, like your only top, your only right shot is uh, Lindholm. Yeah. So you do need another, I think you do need, I think you, I get you get a right shot defenseman mm -hmm. uh, first. Uh, well, they brought in Petrovic. He's a right shot. I think they're expecting him to play on that third he's pairing. He's nothing more than like a top six depth guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I also think like right now he's currently slotted in to play in the AHL. Uh, I think there's one more. I think there's one more guy uh, Calgary should get because uh, look at if you look at Oliver Shillington, I don't think he's proven yet that he can mm -hmm. be uh, an everyday guy. Uh, yep. he's, again, he's got potential, but it's it's do they move on from him uh maybe sign him to his, a one-year deal this year uh an approve me contract because they've got now valamaki's back right mm -hmm. um and I, I just hope they don't go back out and get uh michael stone again just because they're looking for a right shot uh 
he's just not an individual you really need. I think it's they've moved on from Michael Stone. I think it's time. Uh, uh, but yeah, you've got like you've got one, you've got his contract and Brower's contract still uh, buying out. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think they need in order to make space. I think you buy buy out Lucic uh, before buying out uh, Derek Ryan because uh, Derek Ryan will give you more. Because uh, yeah, I think what is it right now? I, I think uh, Derek Ryan's in UFA next year. Yeah, at the end next year. Yeah, yeah at the end so you don't even have to buy him out. I don't see Yeah, I think this year bio or er, bio earnings is three point five million. You know, a guy that I would like to see come maybe next year, if we can't get Derek Ryan, who I don't think we'll get, is um, give him a, a two-year deal, two and a half million a year, with which is probably an overpayment for what he offers nowadays. Bring him back to Calgary. Ryan gets left. Big body can just sit in front of the net. One of the best face-off guys in the league. Maybe, maybe he's lost a step in his face-offs and his step just in general. But he could mentor. Oh, he could mentor like um, the guy we just drafted, um, Connor Zary. That's true. If you want controversy, you bring in Corey Perry. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, "What are your guys' thoughts on bringing in Corey Perry uh, to the Flames this year? He's still a free I... agent." I couldn't bring myself to cheer for him, so no. <laughs> I I want to know your guys' opinion on uh, – doesn't have to be whether you should come to the Flames or not, but where do you guys think Anthony Duclair goes? Where was the best fit? I'm shocked he didn't resign. They didn't tender an offer to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm – He's a good player. Like I think he's a a good young player. Uh, I think he's got a lot of upside. Uh, for Ottawa not to sign him, they're not even at the minimum cap limit yet. Um, there's got to be something there with that. There's no like. There's no way they just don't re-sign him. Uh, I also don't know why they 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 bought out Bobby Ryan, right? Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. I have. I I'm so lost on why they did that. I don't really know what's going on in Ottawa. It's kind of never been clear. Eugene Melnick needs help. They're five mil under the cap floor. Yeah. Even if you just signed Duclair, even if he wants five million, you give it to him. Like he's your, he was one of your top point scorers last year. You guys have had good draft. Like had a good draft, third and fifth pick. Bring Declare back for even one or two years if you're worried about in a couple of years having to pay your guys. Like just give them a one or two year contract, right? And even if you look at it, like, are you worried because you're gonna have to sign Brady Kachuk, uh, Logan Brown, year, Logan Brown? But Brady, even look at it. You still have till next year, mm-hmm. and you still have so much cap space. Yeah. Like you look at your forwards, the only guy that's a long-term deal is Austin Watson and Colin, uh, Colin White. Yeah. For your forwards, your defense, Thomas Shabbat's logs up long-term, and I, that was a good signing. And Nikita Zaitsev. Yeah. That's not four years signing. Yeah. I know. I think Thomas Shabbat. I think he 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 will make that eight million, not in the next two years. No, I, I think only three years. 
Uh, I'm saying Nikita Zaitsev is a lot. Is not worth. Yeah, Zaitsev. No, Zaitsev is not. No, no, he's not worth four and a half. Uh, it's not like Ottawa's pressing cap space. No, they're not. They've got, and you know, they got Matt Murray now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's right. They have Matt Murray, six point two five. Honestly, four-year deal for that. Matt Murray's con. Matt Murray being traded to Ottawa and signing there just confused me, because. Yeah. I think I was expecting Matt Murray to go somewhere like even maybe even Vancouver, but I guess he, you know, he wants more, right? I I was expecting him to go somewhere. Who's a contender. You know where he would be perfect is Colorado. That's what I was going to say. I think I thought he was going to Colorado. I thought he was going to go to Colorado. I'm shocked. He's not in Colorado. And like, what's he going to do in Ottawa? If Ottawa won't even re-sign Anthony Duclair, who's one of their top point scorers, they're clearly not going to make any more moves. Uh, yeah, he was third or tied for third with, uh, I think it was Connor Brown, I think he was tied with. Yeah. Their, their highest point score was 44 points or something with uh, Brady Kachuk. They're not yeah. a good team. They need everything and anything they can get, um, but no one wants to play for them. Well, you know what? If Ottawa's looking to lift their cap, take Lucic. <laughs> yeah, you know who I think they will go for one year, four million dollars. Kovalchuk. Let's see. Uh, like, I don't know. Kovalchuk's not going there. I don't know. He's not. No, Kovalchuk. There's no way he's going to Ottawa. He wants yeah, to. No. He. I think he honestly wants to go back to Montreal. Yeah, I, I think Kovalchuk had a good time in Montreal, and you know, I think he's fine cheap. They got to move him. They got to move someone though, because they've only got three hundred eighty-two thousand. Yeah, that's apparently. true. Um, yeah, they got to they got to move someone. Like Josh um, Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're gonna move. But yeah, like who who are they gonna move? Like yeah, you look at their, their roster, you really can't move anyone. Um. I just, yeah, all I'm saying is I don't understand Ottawa, and I don't think anyone will understand Ottawa. But uh, as we wrap up uh, for today, uh, let's do one thing I'm going to have ask you each one is who you're predicting to win the Stanley Cup next year. Oh, come on. That's such a... <laughs> what is your prediction? Uh, so, uh, Spencer, I'm going to ask you to go first. Um, I, I got to go Vegas. Um, trying to think who would come out of the A's. Um, honestly, I would say Vegas over Tampa in six games. Interesting. Uh, Ethan, you're up. Go to Colby. <laughs> Colby, all right. You know Colby. what? You know what? I'm. I don't want to go with the continued pick of Vegas, but like it's kind of hard not to. So. I'm going to go with Vegas over I'm going to go Vegas over Washington in uh in in 7 games. Interesting, interesting. All right, Ethan. Yeah. All right, yeah, if you want to give some well, Ethan some time. If Ethan needs time, like I I think Washington is a team that can go back and I think this is probably their last year to do it. Um so yeah. Um, All right, Ethan. You know, Vegas Vegas is the very enticing option. I, I'm pretty high on Colorado. I think 
I think Joe Sack is going to continue to push for that. I'm going to say Colorado over Carolina. Ooh. Interesting. I'm you know what? I want to be different. You know what? I was going to go with Colorado too. That's they're my second choice, but I just think Vegas is too overpowered. But another interesting team in the East you can quickly look at is uh, the Islanders. What happens with them? Like, do they do they come out of the East because they've just shocked people the last two years? I don't think so. They have too many RFAs. They've already shaped away Devontae's. Mm. Yeah, I don't think Islanders have done enough right now in the offseason. Uh, lose anyone significant? What's that, sir? Did Dallas lose anything significant? Um, they lost. Um, I'm pretty sure they lost two of their third line guys. They lost Matias Yanmark, which is going to be huge for them, I think, and Radic Fask. I'm pretty sure they lost as well. No, they resigned him for five. They resigned him, yeah. Oh, they got okay. So they did get Fask. Okay, I think yeah. that's a big signing for them. Um, but I think losing the speedster in Yanmark, we saw the damage he did against Calgary firsthand, and then we just saw how well the third line center he was. I think that's going to be a huge loss for them. I yeah. think they take a, I think they take a step back this next year. Yeah, between uh, I think it was just between uh, uh, and they lost Perry as well. So uh, don't yeah. think he. Yeah. Yeah. Perry. Corey Perry was the other guy they lost. Um, oh gosh, Joe Pavelski making seven million. Yeah. yeah, I was honestly shocked that Dallas made the Cup Finals this year. Every time they won, I was like, "Really? Like, how are they going on?" But uh, they did it. So Dallas shouldn't have made it past a healthy Colorado team. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, so my pick for will be uh, Colorado over uh, Washington in uh, six games. Uh, I think Colorado is just a team, a relentless team. Even when they went down 3-1 uh, with their third string goaltender, they still pushed back. And I think with a help, healthy Philip Grubauer, uh, they'll be able to push, they'll e easily beat, uh, beat uh, a team. Uh, and I think they can take on Vegas. Um, mm -hmm. Even though, and we saw in the series playoffs, even though the goaltending was great for uh, Vegas, they yeah. just, if if another goaltender is just hot, they will lose momentum. Like after they went through Thatcher Demko, uh, they were just stunned because they couldn't score. So that was our roundtable with Ethan, Kobe, and Spencer. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on this t episode of Post to Post. Hopefully, we will see you guys in the near future. But for you listeners, thank you for listening. We'll hopefully see you next week only on cmru.ca. Bye, students, for you.